And now, coming at you from the Five Star Physique Studio in Knoxville, Tennessee, this is The Drop Set with your host, Darren Starr. Hey, what up? Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? August 14th, um, a little bit later start than I usually do here, 8.41 a.m. Eastern Time. The birds are chirping outside. The dogs are sleeping next to me. Life is good, pretty much. It's been a super busy morning here already, but it's time to get underway with a podcast um, and get uh, get some stuff going here. So what you just heard there, uh, that was a, uh, a track off of our forthcoming album. Oh, wait, it's not forthcoming. It's here. It's out now. You can go listen to it right now. In fact, just stop listening to this podcast right now. You, you know what I'm going to do. I'm going to ramble on uh, about the album for the next 30 minutes, so you might as well just go listen to it. Save yourself the trouble. No, I don't have that much to say. It's out. Uh, it's awesome. Oh, I love it. I'm thrilled. I'm stoked beyond belief. And uh, yeah, you can go hear it right now. So um, it's available not everywhere. The way this works is you use a service to like distribute your music and you upload it to that service and then they push it out everywhere. And then it's up to each individual service to pull it in and get it set up. So, um, it is available on Spotify, iTunes, Apple music, um, Deezer, which I'd never heard of before media net, which I'd never heard of before. Um, and I'm like, Deezer, what is this? And then I got a Facebook uh, comment from somebody with a screenshot of like, hey, I'm listening to this on Deezer right now. I'm like, that's a thing? People use that? Okay, apparently. Uh, they, they were in the United Kingdom, so I guess it's uh, it's maybe more popular over there. I'd never heard of it. Anyway, um, like it's not on um, – well, it is on – Google Play and Amazon, but for some reason it's not searchable there yet. But like if I send you a direct link to where it is on Google Play, you can find it there, you can order it, whatever. So um, uh, the the distribution service, they send me an email when it's officially up on each uh, service, and I haven't gotten a notification on those two yet. Same with Pandora, uh, and it's going up on a whole bunch of others. Like, you know, it's, it's there, but you might need a direct link to find it. So um, a part of that is just because uh, I just uploaded the tracks a week ago, and I think they said it can take up to two weeks um, for some services to really pull it in. So I don't know. Anyway, Spotify, it's there. Um, all the big ones, uh Apple uh, Music, iTunes. It is on Google Play. You can find it there if you uh, if you get a direct link. So anyway, it, it's up. You can you can listen to it right now. Um, Sketch Eclectic. Um, search for that. The album name is Search and Recovery. Uh, and also, if you go to sketcheclectic.com, click on music, you can pre-order a physical CD if that is more your thing as well. And the fun, two two funny stories about this, and then I'll move on. And we got we got some other stuff to talk about. So. I put the link um, where people can buy a physical CD online. We don't have them yet, so it's just a pre-order link right now. But another week or so, and we'll have them in here. We're just getting the artwork done, and then uh, we're doing a limited run of those, so it won't take long before I have those in hand. Um, so we put the link up on the website. I did, and I just put a price on it. I said free shipping, whatever. You know, it's like media mails, two bucks, so whatever. I don't care. Um, and my wife on Wednesday, she says, "Well." what are you going to do if you get like, you know, an order from Australia or something, you're going to pay to ship that. And I just looked at her and I rolled my eyes. I'm like, whatever, shut up. So you know where this is going, right? So yesterday 
out of nowhere, I get an email, hey, notification of payment received through PayPal. Okay, cool. Well, I usually get those notifications like if somebody orders a workout plan. And so I, I just click on it because I'm always curious, like, oh, do have I heard of this person before? Um, you know, do they, uh, you know, what, what, did they, what did they order so I can see, you know, what's popular. So I kind of try to keep track of that. And I, I noticed that there's a shipping address. I'm like, I don't care what your shipping address is. I don't ask for a shipping address if I am uh, if I'm just if you're ordering a workout plan. I don't need it. So that's kind of weird. I mean, France? What? A CD? I got to ship a CD to France? What? Who is this person? I have no idea who this person is. And so, of course, me, the idiot, I'm like, of course. Yeah. So and so I looked into it and it will cost about as much to ship the CD there as I charged for it. So, you know, that, that's my mistake. That's on me. I'm like, fine. Yeah, it's, a, it's an $11 CD. I'm going to pay 12 or $13 to ship it. Fine. I will eat that. My mistake. Let's put a note on the website. U.S. only just because good Lord. So I, don't, I need to figure out a better solution for that. Um, because I will, uh, you know, if somebody's willing to pay a little bit more to have it shipped overseas, you know, I'll do that. I'm not, I'm not going to eat the cost on it, but, uh, you know, I'll, I'll ship it somewhere. So, yeah, um, we'll, we'll figure it out. So uh, I, I just wrote the guy back and you know, I didn't I didn't mention anything about that. I'm just like, hey, thanks. I appreciate it. You know, um, we're, we're still doing uh, we're just doing pre-orders right now. We won't have discs for a little bit while, but sit tight and I'll let you know as soon as something's going uh, and by the way, how'd you hear about us? And so this is the other funny part of this story. And so he's, uh, he, he said something along the lines of, I don't remember what it was, but he shared a link and said, not exactly legal, but oops. <laughs> I'm like, uh, what? And so to the, to, to this guy's credit, you know, he, he found our music through some, you know, online piracy file sharing service, but then he liked it so much. He wanted to order a CD. So I'm like, that's cool. You know what? I give you your props, man. I, I can't ask for anything more than that. So um, that's so I click through here. I'm like, what is this site? Because he sent me the link. And it's it's some Russian file sharing site. It's, it's, it's like for for rock music fans. I mean, you can tell like this is done by music aficionados. It's not just like, hey, we are just sharing files because we can. It's like, no, we are fans of music and we just you know don't want to pay for it. I'm like, okay, well fuck you guys. But you know, I, I can't, I, there's nothing I can do about it. I mean, I'm not going to be able to pull our stuff off this side. It's, you know, <laughs> we, we do have a lawyer, uh, our brother-in-law is a lawyer. So I'll have him look at this and be like, what, what, is there anything I should do about this or what? Probably not. The funny thing about this though, is first of all, it was put here the day it was released. Like, I'm, I'm kind of flattered a little bit. I know that they probably just have bots that are out looking for stuff. But the thing is, somebody took time and effort to type up the description for this. And they honestly did a better job of it than I could have. Like, I'm always like, I don't know how to classify this. And so they classified it as rock slash progressive rock. I'm like, okay, that's cool. It doesn't all fit like that. But, you know, it's a very wide range of styles. And I will accept that. That's that's fair. Um and they have our artwork up there as well. Um, and then they, they put in a, a small description here. And it says, conceptual work about life after loss. The stylistics swing from ballads to strong dramatic splashes. The vocals are female. Like, I, I did not write any of those words. It's not like they cut and pasted that from our website or anything like that. Like, somebody sat down, listened to this, and wrote that. Like, okay. And then they have a track list. They have composition 
Dina Kirk, that's my wife, vocals, harmonica, Darren Starr, piano, rhythm, guitar, keyboards. And then they have all of the supporting musicians that played on this as well, and with the first two of them being my wife's nieces, who did a, a guest vocal spot on one of them. And so their names are up here as well. Um, and so I do have all of those credits on the website, which is the only reason why they have these names. But they didn't cut and paste it, because like when I credited, for example, Bill Walker as playing trumpet, um, I gave him credit for trumpet on Becoming Velveteen, which which is the song. Well, instead here they say Bill Walker trumpet three track three, which is becoming Velveteen. So they didn't just do a cut and paste. Like they, they went and, and changed stuff on this and it's all correct. Um, and I made a joke that, you know, our, our producer shared, uh, shared our uh, album release today on, on Facebook and he spelled my name wrong three different ways. And I'm like, dude, Russia got it right. <laughs> I mean, uh it's hilarious like they spelled it right what's your problem man <laughs> anyway i just thought that was hilarious like day one it's released and boom we have been hacked by russia and i don't want to make this political or anything but all i will say is this like anybody who's out there denying that russia is trying to meddle in the 2020 u.s election give me a fucking break okay they stole our album on the day it was released. We're nobody. You think they're not trying to fuck with an election? Give me a break. Of course they are. It's just very clear. Like this is Russia's main industry, like hacking, trolling and running bots. This is what that country does. So, um, it, it's hilarious. I don't know. I just think it's too funny. So anyway, that's, uh, that's the album update. So, um, that's where we're at there. Uh, it's exciting. It's out. You can go listen to it right now. So, um, that is exactly the 10 minute mark, uh, very fortuitous. So we can go into some more, uh, relevant bodybuilding style discussions now, shall we? Let's do it. So, um, I got a few questions here. Um, let me see here. I got a voicemail. Let, let, let's tackle these in, in the order that they came in here, actually. So I mentioned um, last week that uh, I was going to just start collecting questions that come in from clients on check-ins because they, they, they ask some great questions. And there's no reason why, you know, they're asking a question. I'm like, well, yeah, that, that's fine. Um, and they need the answer. But, you know, this is going to be relevant to other people as well. So that's just a like an obvious um, never-ending pot of material to draw off. Of. So yeah, it'd be stupid of me not to do that. So of course. So um, Brendan asked the question here, um, and I'll, I'll just read his question here and, and give you the whole spiel. I want to get your opinion on testosterone replacement therapy regarding strength and performance. 51 years old, have noticed changes I think are likely attributed to low testosterone. I've really noticed it in my strength and ability to put on lean mass. I've been lifting on and off, mostly on for decades. And in the past, even after a significant break, I would have been able to get back to it and be able to push around a significant amount of weight after only a few months, even into my 40s. Currently, I've been at it lifting consistently for a few years and don't seem to be able to get back to those old levels and don't look nearly as muscular. Done some research and found that conventional medical wisdom on TRT based on older studies generally states that the risks outweigh the benefits. Today, more progressive physicians and newer research challenges these old ideas that still seem hard to shake in the general medical community even as more information comes out regarding the potential benefits and how the previously theorized risks may have been overstated. So, I know you're not a doctor, but I assume you have had clients on TRT, correct? both at uh, physiologic and super physiologic levels. I wanted to get your real world, or real, real world experience as far as what someone like me might expect. Yeah. So 
excellent question. Uh, very good question and expertly phrased as well. So I like that. Um, let's touch on a few things here. He says physiologic and super physiologic levels. Basically, um, TRT is going to be, you know, that, that is what I would consider to be at a physiologic level. So something like, you know, we'll throw out some numbers here, somewhere in the realm of 100 to 250 milligrams per week, something like that would be for a man would be typical, a, a typical TRT dose. Super physiologic level would be something that a physician would not prescribe, but still has practical use. So, you know, if you are a bodybuilder running an anabolic cycle and you're a man, of course, a woman wouldn't want to run these doses, um, you would be running on the order of probably, you know, super physiologic non-prescription um, doses, probably start starting at 500 milligrams per week. And certainly you'll get guys that run a gram. I've seen guys run a gram and a half a week before. That's just ridiculous. That's not a good thing. Um, but, uh, the high, higher doses than what a doctor might prescribe. So that's the distinction there. So, um, a, a few things to, to think about here. So, um, what one thing that Brendan mentioned here is, you know, um, lifting some good weight in, even into his forties, but now at 51, you said, just don't be able to, don't, don't seem to be able to get back to those old levels and you probably won't realistically. So strength output is one of those things where, um, that is, is going to deteriorate and drop with age. And really there's nothing you can do about that. And I consider that kind of like a body's defense mechanism more than anything else. Um, you know, when you're in your peak, your twenties and your thirties, that's that, I mean, that's, it's called your peak for a reason. And so what you can do is turn that into more of a plateau, but it's a plateau with a gentle downward slope. Um, it's not just going to flatline and stay there. You know, you max out in your bench at 30. You're not going to be able to do that when you're 60, you know, you just can't sustain it. Your body isn't going to sustain it. Your joints aren't going to hold up, you know, soft tissue isn't going to hold up. You're going to be carrying less muscle no matter how, um, uh, how aggressive you are with the TRT protocol or anything like that. Um, by the way, just, uh, 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 vocabulary thing here, TRT, HRT, that's testosterone replacement therapy, hormone replacement therapy for this conversation. Those, ch those terms are interchangeable. Hormone replacement therapy, of course, is a lot more generic that could apply to estrogen replacement therapy or anything else. But, um, for sake of this argument, we'd use those interchangeably. Um, so your, your strength output is going to go down. Your muscle mass that you carry on your frame is going to go down over time, but it doesn't need to drop precipitously left to its own devices without supplementing with testosterone. You know, it starts to drop into your thirties if you're a man and, uh, you're, you're going to see, um, everything associated with testosterone. So libido, strength, muscle mass, etc. All those things are going to go down with it. So, um, but even if you supplement with testosterone and take it either at a, a TRT dose or something beyond that, um, at some point, father time always wins. Um, you know, your body still for a, a multitude of reasons, isn't going to support that kind of, uh, that kind of output, that kind of frame size indefinitely, you know, it's gonna, it's gonna drop off, but it doesn't need to be a precipitous drop off. So, um, as you get into your forties, fifties, um, TRT is really just designed to slow down the drop off. Or, you know, if you never really reached your peak in your twenties and thirties, you got a later start or something like that. Um, then you'll, you'll reach it in your forties or fifties, but it's not going to be as high as it would be if you started in your twenties or thirties. So, um, so the conventional medical wisdom on, on TRT and, and, and Brendan says here based on older studies. Yeah. So it says the risks outweigh the benefits and that is very much outdated, archaic thinking for sure. So, um, newer research. And he, he also says more progressive physicians for sure, which are just, you know, 
it's funny that a, a more progressive physician is just one that we would define as not relying on research that's 30 and 40 years old. So just goes to show like that that's a field that can be fairly stagnant considering, you know, medical research does advance pretty quickly, but it doesn't necessarily make it out to, you know, the patients of doctors at the same rate, just because a lot of doctors are very much stuck in their ways. You know, they learned a certain thing and, you know, that's, that's kind of what they're comfortable with. And I get that. I mean, you know, bodybuilding coaches are the same way. Everybody's the same way. Um, it's hard to assimilate new information, but as we get, you know, younger, newer physicians and those that are more experienced, but are still, you know, staying up on research, we, we start to get a, a different perspective here that, yeah, the, the risks, are pretty minimal and pretty manageable and the benefits are extraordinary. So, um, it says hard to shake in the general medical community. And that's why we're not going to rely on the general medical community. So that's why you get these, you know, anti-aging clinics, hormone replacement clinics that show up all over the place in strip malls and stuff like that. That is not the general medical community. So therefore you're going to find, um, some, uh, some thinking that's a little bit more modern, a little bit more progressive for sure. And, um, embraces newer research and also understands that, you know, is there zero risk in this? No, it's not zero risk, but it's pretty low and it's pretty minimal. Um, it ain't nothing, but it's not substantial either. So, I mean, realistically, if you, if you run TRT, if you run HRT, just a low dose, your biggest risk is probably injection from infection. I'm sorry. Let me get, let me get that right. Infection from injection. Good Lord. Um, which if you follow any kind of a sterile needle technique is pretty easy to avoid, like really very easy to avoid. You have to be relatively careless or just have incredibly bad luck in order to, uh, in order to, to get some kind of an infection from, uh, from an intramuscular injection. It's not to say it's impossible. It's unlikely. And that's probably the biggest risk. Now, if you start looking at more aggressive doses and things like that, then you run into other things that you need to be considering as well about like total time on time off, et cetera. So, um, that's not what this conversation is about. Um, the, the risks, um, you know, the things that you need to watch, well, you should get your blood work done somewhat regularly. Um, just to monitor, like how effective is this stuff? Am I in the right zone? Like, is my testosterone kind of stabilizing in the right place? And then let's also just watch your cholesterol. Let's see how your estrogen markers are doing as well and seeing if, see if we're, if we're keeping that in check as we should. That's one of those things where if you're, if you're, um, if you take testosterone and you don't take some kind of an estrogen suppressant along with it, you're likely going to have some issues and you'll likely know it without looking at blood work. And the easiest way to tell is, you know, it sounds very cliched, but are you more emotional? If so, your estrogen's probably higher. Uh, you know, it sounds very stereotypical and very cliche and almost, you know, sexist or misogynist, but it's completely true. You know, guys, if, if your estrogen goes high, you, you start feeling the, the emotional after effects of that. So you can often tell if something's out of whack, even if you don't look at blood work, but blood work is what you really want to rely on rather than just like a gut feeling. So if you have the ability to check something, do it for sure. Uh, so... Um, what, what you might be able to expect? Well, uh, it depends on how aggressive the dose is. So I've, I've had a few experience with, with other clients here. One who recently went from a low dose of hundred milligrams, which is very low for TRT. It's a very low TRT dose and double that to 200 and is seeing tremendous results. Like, you know, it's, it's not like, 
oh my God, I'm, I've got a completely different body now. But it's like, wow, that change in dose, everything feels harder. Everything feels more dense. Um, it, it feels like, you know, we're having an easier time growing. It also coincided with a phase of being a little off plan and then kind of uh, getting back more back on plan aggressively. So certainly some of it's due to that as well. But certainly, I mean, we, we can, you can feel a, a change in, in dose like that. So, um, that, that is what I would expect. Like I would expect, especially if you're going from, from not taking anything to taking a moderate dose, like 200 milligrams a week or something like that. Uh, and it depends on how low your levels are to start. Like if they're in the toilet completely and you start taking a dose like that, it's going to feel pretty remarkable. Uh, you know, take a, hand, a little, little time, you know, figure three to six weeks before it really ramps up in your system. Um, depending on which specific testosterone product you're prescribed. Uh, but from then it's like output's going to be better. Um, your energy is going to be improved. Libido is going to be improved. Your aggression in the gym is going to be improved. Um, and so all of those things, you know, the, the testosterone doesn't really build muscle by itself. There's gotta be some kind of a stimulus for that. It's got which is the training. Um, but when your training is more on point, now your, your body is really primed to like, oh, okay, cool. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to cooperate now. And you know, it, it's going to metabolize calories and burn fat more aggressively as well. So it's a big turnaround. It's a big turnaround. Um, one cautionary tale I have whenever anybody jumps on an anabolic, whether it's prescription, um, TRT, whether it's, you know, a woman jumping on Anavar or something like that, um, is that don't, you can't monitor the scale um, when you start something like that, especially for the first time, um, just because it's going to do weird things. You know, you jump on an anabolic, you can expect some weight gain. So if you jump on an anabolic while you're in a deficit, you're thinking like, this is going to help me cut down. It's not going to look like that on the scale. No, you're, you're going to be in recomp land for a good bit, probably. So just know that going into it and don't rely on the scale to give you good news because it won't. But good things will be happening. Um, and honestly, the longer you can recomp, the better off you're going to be. So, um, so that was a, a really, really good and useful question. And that is something also that is just, you know, it's, it's becoming more and more... Uh, more, more and more prevalent. And I, I think there's less of a stigma about it. I will still, you know, at some point, whenever I, I hear from a new client or a potential client, somebody who's interested in a coach, um, and they're, they're a guy and they're a little on the older side, if they're my age or older, I'll be like, Hey, when's the last time you had blood work checked? I'm like, I don't know. It's been a while. I'm like, well, you should get it checked because you know, if your testosterone's low, it's, it's going to give you, you know, it's going to make this process, this journey towards hitting these goals that you're telling me about, it's going to make it a lot harder. And I still get a lot of guys that are like, I'm not really interested in, in doing that. I'm like, that's all well and good, but there's really no reason not to. Um, you know, I mean, the downsides really aren't there in any significant way. And if you're telling me, you know, if you're at a point where you're looking to hire a coach to help you with your physique, then I, I would suspect that you're willing to to take additional steps, uh, which is not to say like, Hey, if you're working with a coach, I expect you to be injecting shit all day long. No, but if you're an older guy and you're not willing to get your testosterone looked at and, and do something about it, if it comes back low, how serious are you about your goals? I think that's a totally fair judgment call to make. I'm like, I mean, you're, you're telling me all this, that you want to do X, Y, and Z, but also if your testosterone's low, you're just going to let it be low. Well, guess what? That means you're not going to hit these goals because and it's, it's swimming upstream against the current and you have the ability to change the current and then float along with it. Doesn't that sound a little easier? 
Come on. And it's not just about making it the path of least resistance. It's about, you know, is it even practical to aim for these goals if you have this barrier in your way? And so part of what I'm trying to do is help educate people a little bit and, you know, remove a little bit of this stigma as well. So again, I'm not pushing people on it. I'm not encouraging people to do it or anything like that. I'm asking the question. I'm like, have you considered this? Is this something you've considered? You should do some reading into it. I'm not going to twist your arm or anything like that, but you know, I think it'd be a good idea. At least get some things checked out so you know where you sit hormonally, you know where your levels are at, and then you can make a decision from there. So, um, next question. This comes, ooh, excuse me. Oh boy. Um, this comes from uh, Kristen who is not a client, but she emailed in through the website with a question. And it was a question that I was not able to help her with, but I felt like um, kind of deserved a little bit of a longer answer here as well. So um, she said, is it possible to figure macros for someone while pregnant just to ensure they're eating the right amount and nothing in excess? So I took a little bit of an issue with how this question was phrased. Um, but also uh, the, the answer is yes, it's possible. No, I can't do it. Um, just because, uh, basically what you're looking, what, you know, in, in this circumstance specifically also, and I, I certainly don't blame Kristen for this. I mean, she doesn't know. So that's why she's asking. Um, so it's not like I take a, a offense or exception to the question, but it's like, that's not really something I can help with. Um, because what you're looking for me to do at that point is basically just be an online macro calculator. Um, and they're, they're worthless. So, you know, I could be like, Oh yeah, go here. You know, this is probably fine, but I don't know. You know, I don't know anything about your dietary history, your metabolic health, what you're doing physically or anything like that. So I could learn some of that stuff. But at this point also, you know, I'm not going to take the time to learn that stuff unless I'm working with somebody um, just because, you know, life is too short. I'm busy as hell. So uh, it's stuff where it's like, you know, I need a little time with you to, to kind of figure out where you're at and then I can make some recommendations. Um but uh, what, what I would say, uh, let's just break this down. Is it possible to figure out macros for someone while pregnant? Yes, but it depends on what your macros were before then. And, you know, let's be clear also. How many women are pregnant, go through pregnancy and give birth and never pay fuck all attention to their diet at all? I mean, a lot. A lot. You know, I mean, I know that it's more and more common as it should be these days to really consider that, you know, make sure. But, you know, what percentage of women who are pre go through pregnancy and like actually track their diet, track their macros, log their food through pregnancy? What is it? I don't know. Three percent, five percent less. I mean, you know, the 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 point being doesn't really matter. You need to eat enough for you and for the baby. Uh, but uh, don't, don't sweat it. So if you're looking for a more precise answer than that, that I can understand big picture, like don't sweat it. I mean, you don't have to track anything, you know, it's certainly not a requirement. Um, but to ensure they're eating the right amount and nothing in excess. So for, for me, you know, I, I think about, um, you know, as, as a guy, so I'm certainly not in any position to, to lecture a woman on what they should do while pregnant. Um, but as a guy and as somebody who I can put myself in the headspace of somebody who is carrying a baby inside them, like I have no idea what that's really like, but I can imagine. And so for this purpose, I will imagine. So I can imagine thinking like, okay, you know, um, I've worked hard on my physique. I want to maintain that. But at the same time, I don't want to minimize the change in my own body. If there's any kind of a risk that the baby is not getting enough of what it needs. 
So I would always err on the side of going a little bit over. So I think the question that's being posed here is, I would hesitate to say it's a dangerous question, but I think it's probably the wrong mindset. Or at least it's not a mindset that I would encourage. How about that? That's that's less judgy. Because <laughs> I, don't, I don't mean to judge anybody here, but I think like, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know that I would I would personally want to consider it that way. Like, I think it's smarter to think about like, what do I, what do I need and what does the baby need? And let's do that and not focus so much on like, you know, make sure that there's no excess or anything like that. Cause a little excess can be a good thing. Um, a little now, certainly you don't need to eat 4,000 calories a day. That's a little crazy. Um, but focusing on quality of foods, that's good. Uh, high protein, you know, Typically, you know, everybody says, um, you know, when you get pregnant, you should increase your protein intake. Well, you know, that's not really necessary if you're a bodybuilder. Your protein intake's already high. You don't need to increase it higher than that. You know, your body's getting what it needs. And at this point, you know, while, while pregnant, your goal isn't necessarily to, you know, build muscle. It's to, you know, ma- maintain muscle, but mostly just make sure that the, the baby is getting what it needs, right? So, um, so it's, a, it's a tricky question. I didn't have a, a really good answer for that beyond what I was able to say here. So, um, so, uh, apologies to Kristen on that one. I kind of gave her the same spiel. I'm like, I don't know, you know, I, I, I can't tell you, but I also think that, you know, you'd be better off just not trying to walk that fine line too close. You know, don't, don't, you know, that, now's not the time to be like, Hey, let me play around with a deficit. Like, no, you're pregnant. Now's the time to have a baby. <laughs> so again, I'm not here to tell any woman what to do with their body, but the question was posed and my opinion was asked for. There it is. I just, I, I would definitely, uh, um, look towards getting things up a little bit higher and not trying to, not trying to walk a tightrope there and be like, I just need exactly what I need and not nothing more than that. Like mm, now, um, but basically, um, what I would do is the, the overall strategy here, here's a better strategy. You've got to know your, your, intake history. Like you got to understand where your metabolism is at, et cetera. So you've got to have some kind of history of, of what your intake has been for your weeks or months prior to being pregnant. If you know, like I've been um, at 1500 calories and it's been a little bit of a deficit. Okay, cool. Well, let's get you out of a deficit. Let's get you up towards maintenance. So we need to identify where that is. Um, so if you know where that is beforehand, well, great. Awesome. Um, and then the, the other thing that I would say is now while pregnant, your goal cannot be on weight loss. Like if you notice, and, and tr- here's where tracking weigh-ins can be helpful. If you notice that your weight is trending down, that's probably not a good thing um, because you've got something growing inside you that's going to start to weigh more and more and more. And so granted, that doesn't all happen right at the start, but um, there, there are probably, and I don't know, I haven't looked into this. There are probably um, indications and, and charts and tables online somewhere that show like what kind of weight gain is appropriate at what stage in the pregnancy, because it's not just the, the weight of the baby, but you know, also, you know, the, all of the, the biological support necessary for the baby as well. So there are probably charts online that show you like, you know, at three months, here's how much weight you can expect to put on or, or something like that. So I would reference something like that and just make sure that you're tracking along with things that have been, you know, considered to be the standard or normal uh, at least. And if you're a little North of that, so be it. If you're a little South of that, I would, I would say you're probably under eating and should probably increase your intake a little bit more. So there you go. Food for thought on that one. Um, so the next one here, um, this is, I did get a voicemail um, yesterday. So let's go to that and see what we got here. Hold on. Hey, what's up, Darren? It's Anton Lesna. I've been binge listening to your show for uh, probably like a few months now. It's pretty cool. 
I love it a lot. I'm calling from Libertyville, Illinois. It's like a suburb north of Chicago, but I'm a junior at the University of Missouri in Columbia. But, um, yeah, so my question is, uh, basically, I know I want to compete in the future, maybe in like five years from now, but I haven't gotten super lean in a while. So I was just thinking, do you think it's a good idea to try setting a date that I could like quote unquote compete on kind of like a mock show, um, like a mock show, you know? So my reasoning behind this is before I do the actual show, I want to know what it takes to. So let me know what you think about that. All right. Thanks, Aaron. You rock. Peace out. Awesome, Anton. Thanks for that. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening. Thanks for the shout out. Peace out to you too, my man. Um, so, uh, a mock prep, you said you look, looking in, at competing in some number of years, which is, is good. And I always think, you know, people, um, you know, I, I get a lot of, uh, requests from people who are like, Hey, I want to compete in a few months. I'm like, well, hold the phone. You know, tell, tell me about how far along we are on this process right now. How long you've been at it. Have you started lifting three months ago? Now you want to compete in three or four months. And then that's not how it works. You're going to need a little bit more time. I mean, you can, there's nothing stopping you. The results aren't going to be what you're after. You know, there's no rush. Take some time. Let's build a physique. So the fact that you're looking a few years out, I think that's cool. I think that's promising. Um, but doing a mock prep. Absolutely. So what you don't want to do is say like, Oh, I'm going to compete in a few years. So let me just grow, 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 which, you know, over the course of a few years is going to mean you're going to get probably a little fat, a little complacent, probably at times. It's a very human thing to do. Uh, and, not everybody is going to fall into that trap, but it's extremely common to fall into that trap. You know, you can only do the same thing for so long before it gets old and tired and you start to just lose it a little bit. And eventually, you know, sometimes we'll have a growth phase. Uh, I'll have a growth phase with a client that's going fairly well and everything's good. And then I can just tell like eventually it's time to change. It's time to, to switch gears here. We need to do it. We, we've lost a little bit of the edge um, that, we've, that we've had before. Um, it's just because we've been in this phase long enough. It's a, it's a little stale. Let's take a few weeks to switch gears at least and just experience something a little bit different. So I think the, the idea of doing a mock prep, I like it. I like it a lot, big time. So the, the thing is though, you've got to do a mock prep. Like what I don't you, what, what I wouldn't want you to do is just like a casual little cut. You know, like, let, let me just go around and see what I can do. It's like, no, this is a mock prep, which means like you set a date and then you treat it like it's show prep. And then who knows, depending on how things go, you might be happy enough with how you're looking. You're like, I'm four weeks out from my date. Is there a show in four weeks? I don't know. Maybe I'll just do this damn thing. And that wouldn't be a problem either. You know, I mean, <laughs> if, if you can do it and you're, you're kind of happy with how you're looking, there's nothing wrong with, with taking your mop, mock prep and turning it into a real prep. There's nothing wrong with that at all. The only thing that might be stopping you there is the lack of a show at the right time. Um, if you've got personal schedule conflicts or expense, you know, like, oh, yeah, I didn't really budget for a show. Okay, well, I get that. But if you've got the ability to, um, I think if you put in the work and you're pretty happy with how things are looking, you're like, man, I got pretty lean here. This is good. Do a show. Do it. Absolutely. If the goal is to do it sometime, you know, why wait? You know, you know what you... Let's pro and con this thing, right? So cons are, well, it's expensive. Um, cons are, yeah, I don't know that I'm really ready to do it right now or not. Um, and you know, there, there, could, there are other situational things as well. Like, oh, well, actually, you know, a week before the date of this show that I found, um, like, okay, I, I expected my, my mock prep to end on this date because I had this thing going on the following week and I wanted to be done with my mock prep before then the show is a week after that date. So, you know, so I'd be extending my cut by two weeks, which I could do that. But this event in the way, like when I'm one week out is a problem. 
that that's a legitimate reason not to do it. That's fair. That's fair. Um, so if there's something like that, I totally get it. So situational con- considerations for sure, cost, and just a, a, a general thinking of like, I'm not really going to be competitive in this show. To which I say, screw that. The, the the reason to do a show isn't necessarily always just to be competitive in, in the running for the top spot. can't tell you how many times. I'd say more than half the time I get an email from somebody who decides that they want to compete and they're getting ready to do their first show and they want to win it. Like, time out people don't win their first shows. You know who wins their, you know, who wins these shows, people that aren't doing their first ones. Um, experience matters. And so Anton to you, I would say, get some experience. You know, you do a mock prep, put yourself up on stage and see what it's like and see what the experience is like. Are you going to win the show? Eh, probably not. You might surprise yourself. Never know. Um, you never know who else is going to show up. And it could be that nobody else shows up. So, so you show up and, you know, you've got pretty good conditioning, maybe a little lacking in size, but your symmetry is pretty good. You're having a great time up there and it shows in your presentation. The judges might go like, I like that guy. He's second out of sixth. What? Okay, cool. Didn't expect that. You never know. It could be also that you get sixth out of six. And that would be okay too, because you know what? You were planning on doing this a few years down the road, but you decided to step on stage to get some invaluable experience. There's nothing like actually being up on stage. So consider it like a a pre-roll of sorts. Like, okay, this is, this is the stuff that's happening before my official competitive career starts. I'm going to get in some practice shows first. It doesn't really work like that, but we can, you know, we can, we can think of it that way. So that there's nothing wrong with that at all. Um, I, I tell you what, the lessons that people learn from, from doing their first show, the main one is, man, I really should have spent a lot more time working on my posing practice. Yikes. Okay. Yeah. And so you can learn that lesson now instead of when you feel like you're really ready for it and really ready to kill it a few years down the road. Cause you do your first show, your physique is ready, but man, your posing sucks who, because you didn't learn that lesson. Now, maybe, maybe you did, maybe you practiced hard on posing going into it. It's a common lesson that people don't learn until they get up on stage and they realize like, oh, okay, yeah, my physique was okay, but I couldn't pose for shit. Look at these photos. These are embarrassing. Oh my God. I don't, I look like I have no idea what I'm doing here. And it's because you didn't because you lacked experience. So, uh, any way that you can gain that experience is going to be a huge, huge asset. I cannot recommend that enough. That's, that's a big deal. So I am a, a big fan of, uh, and a, a lot of coaches disagree with this. I'm a big fan of doing a show before you really think you're ready to just because you got to get that experience and you can't get it by going to shows and watching them or talking to people who have competed. You got to be backstage and go through the process and figure out like, Oh man, I waited too long to start pumping up. I didn't have enough carbs um, with me backstage. Uh, I did not plan well for this, that, the other thing I rebounded out of this show poorly. I would do it differently this time, you know, that kind of stuff. So there's so many things that you can learn from doing a show. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, it, it's an expensive thing to do as a practice run, but the other thing is, you know, Anton, for guys, we don't know anything about expense when it comes to shows. Women have it so much worse. You know, their suits are 30 times more expensive than ours. Um, they've got to worry about hair and makeup in addition to a spray tan. So, And then they've got like jewelry and all this other stuff to consider as well. We got nothing. 
we, we got to get a spray tan. We got to get some cheap ass shorts and uh, just pay for the show. So, you know, um, I think there's there's just so much experience that can be gained from doing a show. I think it's worth it even before you're necessarily ready. So mock prep, 100%. But the thing is, treat it as though it's a show prep. Like, you know, hold yourself to that same high level of standards. And, and at no point do you ever let yourself get away with saying something like, Oh yeah. Okay. I can go out for drinks with you tonight. That's fine. I'm only doing a mock prep. No, that's not how it works. At that point, you're not doing a mock prep. You're just doing a cut and you're kind of fucking around a little bit. So, um, which is not the same. So treat it like it's show prep. And part of it also is to see like, can I do this? Cause you might find certainly, you know, I'm, I'm not saying you Anton, but somebody out there might find like, man, I can't, I can't, I can't swing this. I can't, it's too, too fucking hard. I can't do this. I don't want to do this. There's no fun. It's not common. A lot of people will, will say like, this is a lot harder than I thought it was going to be. Uh, but throw yourself into it with those expectations of like, this is what prep actually feels like. Not this is 80% of what prep feels like, but I'm still letting myself get away with some stuff on the weekends. Like, no, 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 no. hundred percent, hundred percent compliance is the only way to go when we're talking like actual show prep. So let's see how that feels and, and, and see like the other thing is, you know, at what point, adhering to that do you feel like you start to fall apart if you do it all you know, do you make it eight weeks into that mock prep at 100 percent, and then feel like you kind of hit a brick wall and be like man okay now i'm struggling what that tells me is you know you will be better off keeping yourself a little bit leaner in the off season so you can get away with a little shorter prep not an eight week prep but you know i might advocate for staying a little bit leaner and maybe we do a 12 week prep instead of a 16 week prep or if you're just like a snow plow and you're like screw all this this is easy i'm on a massive deficit i'm doing tons of cardio and this is easy i was built to do this shit okay well cool maybe we give you a 20 week cut then because you can handle it for a little longer we can take it a little bit you know less aggressive retain muscle a little bit better and just get get you a little bit more conditioned so you can learn a lot from doing those trial runs that way as well so food for thought food for thought um really good question though i like that so um i think that's about it um i got more stuff that i'd like to go over but um i gotta tell you i'm starving i need to go eat something so i'm gonna i'm gonna call it for today and we might just be back on monday you never know um i'm full of surprises these days so uh once again thanks everyone for listening i appreciate it uh and let's see I was going to put out a call like, yeah, um, I could really use, um, your help now that we're back here. Right. So this is where, you know, I'm, I'm the, uh, I'm like the friend that you haven't seen in, in 10 years. And then I show up at your house and, and now I'm asking for money. Right. I'm that kind of guy. So I, I've been gone for a little while, but I'm back now. We're okay. Hey, we're still friends. Right. Okay. Um, wherever you listen to this, if you have the ability to, um, leave a rating and a review. I'd really appreciate that. That helps a ton. And also, um, share these episodes, um, through social media, um, help me get the word out because there are still so many people, there are clients of mine who have no idea that I even do a podcast. Now, granted, a lot of people just aren't podcast listeners, so it's not on their radar. I get that. Um, but, uh, by all means, uh, share it, help, help me spread the word a little bit cause I'm terrible at self promotion. So I, I need your help with that. So, um, anything that you can do for that to help me out would be greatly appreciated. Um, rate it, leave a review. Um, uh, I would be forever grateful. So thank you. Thank you. I got nothing else. Um, go listen to my music. Uh, thanks. 
Tell me uh, if there was a particular song that you liked or if I should just stick to my day job. Although, eh, actually, don't tell me that just because um, I, don't, I don't think I can handle it. My, my, uh, I've got pretty thick skin when it comes to bodybuilding coaching. When it comes to music, I have a pretty fragile ego, I think. So I don't think I can handle an honest criticism, to be, to be brutally honest with you. I'm like, I'm not ready for that. Nope. No, 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 no. So anyway, um, I'll probably check in with you all on Monday. So call in in the meantime, um, like Anton did, leave your message here. Let me hear your words. Let me know what you're thinking. Um, the number is 865-518-2974. You can find that number if you go to thedropset.com. Easy to find right on the main page. There is the phone number from your mobile phone. You can just click on that. It will open up your phone app and you can just hit send, call in, leave a message. And Anton also, I'm going to out you here, buddy. You know, uh, I'm not going to play the first one, but Anton <laughs> called in and he was like, he's starting to leave his message. And he's like, Oh fuck it. I'm going to try again. And so he just hang up and he called, he called back. Totally cool. You don't have to get it right on the first try. So you can take a warm up. You can take a practice swing at it. Nothing wrong with that. I'm not, I'm not going to be answering the phone or anything like that. So just leave a message. Let's hear your voice. Ask your question. Let me know what's on your mind. In the meantime, I hope everybody has a great weekend. I'll check in with you on Monday. <laughs>